time for the Word of God. How many of you love the Word of the Lord? Amen. I know we love the Word of the Lord, so I'll take those four people, amen, to be that. Uh, we love the Word of the Lord. Praise God. God is so good. God is so good. Um, it, is, it is weird whenever I'm like, you want to share this message, I feel like it's self-promoting, but I do believe that I want you to share this message uh, both online and also uh, with somebody uh, this week, uh, prayerfully this afternoon or uh, sometime this week. But I want you to really share this message with them because uh, I do believe that it is setting us up for um, great things that God has in store. So we are we're excited about that. All right. With your Bible, let's go to the book of Mark, chapter number 6. Mark chapter number 6, there is one event that all the gospel writers recorded, and that miracle, that event, was the feeding of the 5,000. And so in Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 34, we're going to read and look at the, the backdrop that's going to launch us into our message. If you're taking notes, the message is titled, The Table is Set. So when we began, there was just a table, and now we've progressed to the table is set. Mark chapter number 6, verse 30 to verse 34. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It begins, and it says, The Apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus says, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Verse 33, but many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Verse 34, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We pray today that we will be so focused, so precise, because your word is powerful and it is sharp. And I pray that it will divide the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and that it will reveal the intent of our heart. And so we honor you and we praise you. Help us to be good soul, to receive the seed of your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Um, we began on April the 11th uh, with the message, you prepare a table 
And the three main sections for that message that I shared with you, and if you haven't heard that message, it's on our Facebook page at The Gathering Place, and I would encourage you to listen to that message again. One of the challenges that I face, I don't know if other preachers face it, but it's hearing your message because you can pick up all the things. You're your worst critic when you hear a message. You're like, oh, man, I could have said it this way. I could have said it that way. And that's just a flesh fighting against faith because we trust that what we say, God wants it to be said. And so I sat and I listened to that message, and I was shouting, amen, glory to God, praise God. I need that. I kept saying, yes, Lord, I need that message. And so I began, and I talked, and I shared, and if you want to write this down, I think this is critical, this is vital, that I talked about that preparing a table deals with the practical thing of a furniture. That in your living room, you can have a coffee table. In your kitchen, you can have a kitchen table. In your dining room, you can have a dining room table. It's a furniture. It is, it is a physical object. The second thing I said was fellowship takes place at the table. Fellowship is is vital. Even this week, I met with someone, and we're having lunch. And as we were having lunch together, uh, God gave me an insight about this person that made me see how great of a value they are to the kingdom of God. That was revealed not behind the pulpit. That was revealed at the table. And so it was a rewarding time as I left knowing just one more nugget, one more diamond that was laid within this individual that God in his grace revealed to me. And I want to encourage you that when you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit and other individuals, God will show you the value of that individual. Can someone say amen? That God will show you the value of fellowship. And then finally, we look at family. We looked at family. I have to confess again to you. Today might be a day of confession, but I have to confess to you today that I wrestled with preaching um, the message entitled, Take Your Table Back. Take Your Table Back. And the reason why I struggled with it was because um, I know we need to move ahead But take your table back is a message that I believe in the months to come. Quote me on this one. Write this down. Rewatch this message. But I do believe that battles will be won at the table, not the television. The battle will be won for your families at the table and not on television. That right there should be a quote. That should be a quote. We're spending more time watching television, less time at the table. And we wonder why the narrative is being presented in such a manner of which we are being blinded. And so to take the table back, one of the great things that this person said, and I thought it was so prophetic, I am convinced, I'm 100% convinced of this statement I'm about to make, that whenever the world starts to make a statement, the church missed it. Then when the world starts to do something that we miss what God has been saying to us, let me explain. It is interesting that with the mask mandate, as it was being presented in its origin, as it presented in its genesis, that as it progressed and they opened back up the economy so we can go back to restaurants, 
it's interesting when people say, well, then how do I eat if my mask on? And then they said, well, it's obvious you have to take your mask off before you can eat. And that was a prophetic message because prior to COVID, we've been wearing masks to the table anyways. And so God is saying you can debate whatever side you want to, but don't miss the prophetic meaning of that. Take your mask off. Now, we've had children come to our tables, and they've placed a mask on their mouth. A, either being silenced by a bully or being silenced by prayer pressure, being silenced by the temptation of this world to want to violate the value system that you have taught as a parent. So now that they're saying, well, because of medical reasons or because of COVID, take your mask off. And I find that it's interesting because, because at the table, when we take it back, the first thing we know that we have actually taken our table back is because we invite people to share your struggles at the table. Now, go ahead. It's a safe place. Before we eat, let's first have a conversation because what I want to know is can we communicate? And so, so I believe, and I'm declaring the month of May, is the month of where the body of Christ will take the table back. And for the month of May, you're going to realize that we're going to spend more time, whether it's once a week, clear everything off your table. I don't care whether it's the living room. I don't care whether it's the dining room. I don't care wherever it is. Make sure it's the table. And the reason why I want you to physically find the table is because it speaks to your senses that when your eyes can behold the table, it resonates prophetically what you're doing, that you're telling devils and demons to leave my family alone. It's about time we silence the enemy. It's about time we silence the enemy. Yes, you can block somebody on Facebook, but you got to block the devil's voice. Come on. That's trying to reap havoc in your life. It's time that we take the table back. And I put myself in that category as well as I was cleaning the house because I'm a mostly healthy woman. Come on. Who was over-functioning, and she let me know that she was. I hate Pete Cazero and Jerry ruining my house. Amen. But, but so I was cleaning the house as she was laying down from a, from a tremendous week of hanging with her husband as we were doing ministry. And I said, babe, I got this. And I realized that her table had pizza box on it and baker's pizza that her and her daughter had and and so i started to clap the table and it just resonated with me i'm like oh i have to be intentional about the table if i'm not intentional about it it could get all sorts of things on the table i had to be intentional write that down if you're going to take the table back in the month of may you have to be intentional because we are creatures of habit we're creatures of habit. And so the table is a place where, where we, at least if it's once a week, we sit down and we say, share your struggles. The mask is off. Share your struggle. Whether it's at a restaurant, you let them know the mask is off. Share your struggles, but also share your success. Also, tell me about the grace of God in your life this week. Tell me how God has moved upon your heart. Tell me how you are stepping out in faith, trusting God that he has your life in your hand. You see, 
we got to make a commitment, church, to take the table back. I'm going to say it again because I believe it's prophetic. We need to turn the TV off and get to the table. Put the cell phones away and get to the table. Because in Mark chapter 6, verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus. So taking the table back is a return to Jesus. It is, it is you've been on an assignment. You have been fulfilling which means apostolic means someone who is sent on your ministry. Your ministry could be parenting. Your ministry could be your employment. Your ministry is not just catered. It's not just concealed to what you do on Sunday. No, you're in ministry every single moment of your life. Can someone say amen? There are places that God has given you access to that the preacher can't get into. And so our Sunday gatherings then is for us to come back. It's for us to return to Jesus. That is so amazing. This nation needs to return to Jesus. But we need apostolic voices who are declaring throughout these 50 states to say, listen, return back to Jesus. And it begins at the table. I'm going to get ahead of myself if that's okay and come back. But the purpose of the temple The purpose of our gathering at the temple is to give you a message to bring back to the table. The purpose of the temple, the purpose of why we gather is that at dinner time or whenever we gather together, you're like the Berean brethren. The Berean, the Bible speaks of people who would hear the word of God, but they would go back and see if that's what God was saying. They didn't just sit there and just receive everything. That's why we're being misled. That's why we're being deceived. Because I'm telling the Bible says there's, there's going to be wolves in sheep clothing that's going to be telling you stuff. And if you don't have a healthy diet, come on, of knowing an apostolic message, you will drink the Kool-Aid and you will eat the bait. Nobody preaching that to me. And so it says they return to Jesus from their ministry tour. And they told them all they had done. They took the mask off. They said, Jesus, you are right. Demons were subject to us. You are right. People are being healed. You are right. Things are being restored. The kingdom of God was at work, Jesus. That everything you told us was at work. And so when we look at this, John Mark Hicks in his book, Enter the Water, Come to the table. He says that the table is missional. In other words, the table is fellowship. Now, the table is communal. The table is, is family. It's, it's a community. And the table is hospitable. It's the furniture. It even has the word table within the word hospitable. And so it means then this. That at the table, Jesus receives sinners And confronted the righteous. Come on. He received sinners. And he confronted the self-righteous people. At the table Jesus extended grace to seekers. But he wasn't seeker sensitive. You see Jesus extended grace. But he didn't make that grace greasy. He didn't tell him you could slide into the kingdom. He didn't say you can moonwalk into it. He says, you got to walk into the narrow path. Y'all like my moonwalk, didn't you? It's bad self. So as a church, we extend the full weight of grace to seekers. But we also 
condemns the self-righteous that will try to hinder their path to come into the altar of God. Now, don't miss or ignore this core action of Jesus when he was at the table. So when Jesus would eat with others, it was to introduce them, write this down, to the kingdom. To the kingdom. I'm working on a message. My God. Because this week I was rustling. I was, I was, I was rustling in my spirit. I was, I, was, I was fighting the flesh. I don't know if you had that kind of week this week. I was fighting to contribute my voice. But I had to make sure that it was a kingdom sound that I was projecting. And so what we have to understand is this. Is that when we eat with others, it is to introduce them to the kingdom. No matter who you are having fellowship with, be it your spouse, your children, your employer, it doesn't matter. Every individual that you're meeting with, in your spirit, come on, you are saying, Jesus, open up the kingdom come on, in this moment. Because the kingdom is the rule and reign of God. When you hear a kingdom message, it breaks all religion. When you hear a kingdom message, you break the lies of the enemy. When you hear a kingdom message, it's a call to action. When you hear a kingdom message, it brings you back to the table. And so in Luke 9 verse 11, the Bible says, when the crowd learned it, because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all wrote about the feeding of the 5,000. Luke writes it this way. When the crowd learned it, they followed him, and Jesus welcomed them, Luke 9, 11, and he spoke to them of the what? The kingdom of God. You may have heard this before, but I'm going to say it again. It may be a while since you heard this. But there's a difference preaching what Jesus did and preaching what Jesus preached. One is a story about Jesus. The other one is history. Come on. About the redemptive power of God. And so Jesus preached the kingdom of God. And he cured or he healed those who are in need of healing. So here's the deal. The kingdom message is therapy for your soul. Come on. It is not just words that you hear that tingleizes or that entertains you. It is actually therapy for your soul, the kingdom messages. And then he physically healed their bodies as well. And so now after all that has been laid out, where we find ourselves now with the feeding of the 5,000, the 5,000, it's not just about the furniture, the fellowship, or even the family. Now it's about what's on the table, the food. Someone say the food. The food. Jesus, as we read, says, let's go eat. <laughs> I love that about Jesus. He likes to eat. I love that. And so the feeding of the 5,000, we're seeing it now from this place of food. So the table deals with this concept of food. I mentioned earlier that it's the only miracle found in all four Gospels. I want that to sink in. 
Matthew 14 records it. Mark 6 records it. Luke 9 records it. John 6 records it. Which means that this event is something spectacular that we must go deeper than just Jesus feeding people. We must understand that what is happening here is that prophecies are being fulfilled. That prophecies are being fulfilled because Jesus is not only fulfilling Old Testament scriptures. He's paving the way at the table with what's on the table about a future event to come, which is the Passover. So Jesus is taking this moment now. And all the writers recognize this because they understood that we must understand the Jesus of the Old Testament. Come on. To understand the Jesus of the New Testament so we can prepare for the Jesus who is to come. And so where we have New Testament believers, no, we believe the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It is all about Jesus. When someone's talking to you, at the end, ask them, okay, so where's Jesus in this? At the end of their opinions, tell them, hey, so where's Jesus in that opinion? In the end of all their discussion, their debate, they may be so eloquent, they may be a scholar, they may be the best debater there is, but at the end, ask them, so where's Jesus in that? Because if Jesus is not in it, it's just your opinion. Respectfully, yes, but it's only your opinion. And I cannot base my future on someone's opinion. I got to base my life on the one who fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy. And I got to fulfill my life on the one who died on the cross for my sins. And I've got to believe the one who said, I'm coming back for you again. Stay at the table stay at the table many people have left the table and have not returned arguments at the table or disagreements at the table because of an opinion they picked themselves up and they left and I'm here to encourage you set the table every single time come on because God is doing a work He's doing a work. He's doing a work. He's doing a work at the table. And in case you missed it, Jesus is telling us that I am the fulfillment of Isaiah. I'm the fulfillment of Daniel. I'm the fulfillment of Ezekiel. I'm the fulfillment of all things Old Testament. And I am the one, the Messiah that was prophesied. I am the one that was told who was going to come. And I am the king of kings. And when you see this nation and you see the world and you see what's happening, don't you fear. Don't you get discouraged. Find yourself at the table. At the table. Before you this morning, perhaps those online who can watch it, there are six places settings. Thank you, Laguel, for setting this up because you know I couldn't do this. And so to follow along for the remainder of our time together, there are six play settings and there are six points to this sermon. And so we're going to go from setting to setting, making the point on because perhaps you might be right here. 
or perhaps you're here, and we will see at the end of it where we are. But I can guarantee you this. By faith, I know that you're at the table. Come on. If you're at the table, I want you to clap your hands and say, I'm at the table. I want to receive a kingdom message. I'm at the table because I got to get this message inside of me. So the first point is this. It should come up on the screen. It's right here. And the first point of the table is set is this. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? You see, a table, and I'm quoting, is a symbol of where we eat. It is literally where we eat physical food. So the first one, the first question is, what's for dinner? What are we having? What are we going to fill our hearts with? What are we going to do? That's the first. What's for dinner? And as we look in our text, we can see the apostles, they returned from their ministry tour. They said everything they did. And so all of a sudden now, they were like, I'm hungry. I am hungry, and that's okay. It's okay to have a physical need. Some of you are, 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 are holding back desires. And so you're having these feelings, you're having these things, and so we want people to come to the table and say, come, bring your physical appetite to the table. You can ask, what's for dinner? You've been out laboring, you've been out working for the Lord, you've been out fighting, you've been doing so many things. And the question is, what's for dinner? And I love this about the scriptures because they let us know that here the apostles, they were on the ministry tour. I want that to really sink in. And they were teaching so many different things and they came back and they're saying, what's for dinner? So that's the first thing right here. So you're asking, what are you feeding me every Sunday? You got to ask that of the place where you park it. You have to ask, what's for dinner? What are you feeding me? What is the meal? What is the diet? And I'm sorry to say, but we're feeding sugar things that don't satisfy. And at the table, we are coming for things that are not satisfying. The, the seeker-sensitive movement after 20 years, they assessed it. And though there was growth, there was no increase. Because what they were giving them for dinner was not about comfort, it was about convenience. It was about convenience. So right there, so we got people that's right there, and they're asking Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday and whenever, and they're saying, what for dinner? I am exhausted. I am physically exhausted. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? This is a reminder for you to be able to, if someone asks you, what did you learn today? What are you growing in? What, what, what things are you tackling? What are the things that you want to see happen in your life? What is your purpose? What is your mission? What do you mean? I'm just asking, what's for dinner? And the reason why you're asking for purpose and for mission is because you want to stir an appetite in people. You want people to be able to know there's a safe place for them to come and to give their physical desires. It's one of the scariest things where a church comes in and we check at the door our desires because we've been told so much. Uh, watch out for the flesh. Watch out for this that we don't dream at all. And so we come to a place and the world is saying, I'm going to tell you what's for dinner. It's this. It's the culture. It's this. The world doesn't mind. The world is saying over and over again, here's what I'm feeding you. And you come to the church and we're asking, what are you feeding? And so the question must be, what's for dinner? And the answer, write this down, is the kingdom message. What's for dinner? It's a kingdom message. Oh, good God Almighty. 
It's a kingdom message of hope and joy and peace. It's a kingdom message of the fruit of the Spirit. That's the first thing. What's for dinner? The fruit of the Spirit. The bread of life. Come on. That's what's right here, right here, right here. The, the, the second one is, is where I live. And the second one is the takeout. The, the, the takeout. Jesus goes and says, um, he says this. Then Jesus says, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this. This is Mark 6, 31. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't have time to eat. So they left the boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. And so sometimes, sometimes you have to do takeout. Sometimes you have to have somebody else make it for you. Sometimes you got to go and you got to say, hey, I, am, I need you to make this meal for me. I need you to use your gifts and your talents. I need for you to exercise your gifts that you've been sitting on. I need for you to do it because, because I need takeout. I got to take your testimony. Come on to somebody. Ah, oh, come on. I've got to be able to see what God's doing in your life because you are eating the kingdom diet that I want to be able to say, this is takeout. Let me tell you about somebody. I didn't struggle with that, but I know somebody who struggled with that. But my God, they made it to the table. They took their mask off. They weren't afraid to tell us what God is doing in their life. This is takeout. It's called testimony. How many remember testimony service? Come on. Ah, when I was... They didn't make on the things I did, amen, to win our heart. Praise God. Her mom was tough. And I grew up in a home where there was no rules. And so when her mom walked down with her head tie and her Bible in her hands like this, when mother's upset, she comes down. I'm like, babe, I'm out. Her mom goes, where are you going? I got things to do. She's like, oh, no, you in the house? You stay for devotion. I got, you're in the house? You stay for family devotion. And it came testimony time. And had nothing to say. And they looked me straight in the eye. So God hasn't been good to you? You better believe I made something up. Yes, 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 ma'am. They want to take out. Come on, somebody. They want a testimony. So, so the structure of church has changed. We don't do that anymore. But I'm here to tell you that testimony service was a powerful time when the mothers of Zion would stand up and say, let me tell you something. The enemy tried to come in, but I rebuked him out of my life, out of my family, out of my children. It's called takeout. And some of you are sitting here and your mouth is watering and you want a testimony. Testify so somebody can have a takeout at the table. At the table. And so they says, let's go to a quiet place. And so these are the first two, because if we understood that there was takeout, when we asked what's for dinner, we then will come and realize someone say, it's takeout. Let me tell you my testimony. And so here they say, what's for dinner? And they're feeding each other. And they're like, yeah, okay, I can see the place setting right here of what's for dinner. It's a kingdom message. And over here, they're saying it's takeout. I want to take this message of your testimony to everybody that I encounter. You've given me substance. To build my faith on. Because God's no respect to a person. Come on. If he did it for you, he can do it for me as well. And we got to learn to celebrate one another. When God blesses you, come on. Get out of the way so somebody else can get in the way. Don't make your blessing be a hindrance for somebody else to come and receive what God has. Take out is what we need. We need more testimonies. We need more testimonies. All we're hearing 
is all the negative stuff. But, but there's so much things that God is doing in this nation. Come on. God is doing great things in this nation. Because I'm here to tell you that kings and leaders are in the hands of God. And if they ever try to rebel against him, God will bring judgment and vengeance on them. So I just sit at the table while God does his thing. <laughs> take out. Take out. Take out. We need testimonies. We need testimonies. That's why we come together to give people testimony. Man, how did that work out in your life? Testify. Give a testimony of what God is doing. I, I was telling uh, uh, John and Vicky, I was bragging on their daughter, and I said, I said, man, I, I, it, was so, it was so exciting to, to watch her graduate. And I said, you know, it was just amazing because here it was that five minutes before service or maybe I think ten minutes before service, just testimonies being poured out. This is what happened. This is what the four years was like, just testimonies. And I'm like, come on, feed me, feed me. I need to take out, feed me. Tell me what God did. Come on, tell me what God did. I have a daughter who's about to enter college as well, you know, senior next year, and then finally. So give me some testimonies so I can say, yes, God, yes, God. Here's how she navigated the difficult waters. Take out because of testimony. That alone would make a difference at the table. Because some are saying, will my child ever come back? Testify and says, oh, my child did. Come on. Can I get another job? I did. I got promoted into an area I know I didn't deserve. Come on. I've had positions I know I didn't deserve. But because of takeout. But because of takeout. Let's, let's go to number three. Let's see, I'm moving my thing here. The third one now is spiritual food. This is vital because these two will be sustained by this one this is now where i realize that i'm a spirit being so over here i come with my desires and i got permission to ask i want this over here i'm hearing testimonies that confirm the kingdom message but over here this is the spiritual food this is the food we're reading mark 6 34 jesus saw the huge crowd and stepped from the boat and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd so he began to teach them many things and here is where the battle comes someone say discernment Okay, so look at these two things, and I've heard them. So I've got permission for my desire. I'm hearing people's testimony about what God has done in their life. And this is now where I need to sit here and have spiritual food because this is where I need to have discernment. Because the question that the enemy is going to ask you, because trust me, he's around the table as well. Come on. Because he says in Psalms 23, in the presence of my enemy, he spreads a table before me. So don't be naive to nothing. That lying, stinking devil is not trying to be present when God is blessing you with his presence. And so you get to this place now. And this is where the disciples struggled because Jesus was teaching them stuff. And they would struggle with the spiritual stuff right here. And, but he goes and he says, now watch this now. Because the enemy is going to ask the question, can God? Can God, not will God, can God do this? And so right here is where he, the question is asked, and they got to this place of where you have to know, can God spread a table, not in my home, but in my wilderness wandering? In the dark places of my life, can God spread a table for me in the midst of this wilderness? 
And so the first answer, or this is the answer. You have to have discernment. The answer is yes and no. The answer is yes and no. Y'all look at me like, what do you mean? There's something God can't do? Watch this now. We have to have discernment to know what is the temptation from the enemy and what is God releasing into your life. Because the first one is Psalm 78, 18, where they asked the question, it was because of their craving or their lustful heart. Back over here wasn't pure. But see, God says, I'm not intimidated by that. I invite you to the table, but I hope by the time you get over here, you deal with the lust, you deal with the cravings, you deal with the greedy things in your life, because I want to give you things of eternity. And so they asked the question, God, can you uh, spread a table in the wilderness? They were trying to negotiate with God. They were trying to say, God, do I have to do all of that? They were negotiating with God, saying, God, are you able to, 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 to navigate? Are you able to keep me in the wilderness? And when they asked in Psalm 78, verse 18, what they were saying was, God, let's negotiate. Let's talk about this. That was nobody more than that devil sitting right there. Just like he was, because the first fall of mankind, write this down, was what they ate. It was the food. It was the very thing on the table. What did God put on the table? What was God's commandments on the table? Come on, do you really? God, no, no, here's what it is. Spiritually, God knows that you'll be like him. And so it's at this plate right here. This is because we're about to turn the corner. It's at this plate right here where we have to increase our discernment. I'm here to tell you right now, listen to me, body of Christ. Listen to me, those watching. We must get to a place where we discern what's going on because we have to know when to say, yes, this is God. And no, this is the devil. We must get to that place. Listen, your future, your mind depends on your ability to discern at this place, right? Why? Because we got two other people asking the question, how is it down there? When I get to this place, how is it? Can God really do what he says he can do? Can God really? I heard the testimony. I see my desires. But can God really do this? And the enemy is bombarding you with what I call seven everyday struggles. I don't have to teach them, but there are seven everyday struggles that we go through. And we go through, and it's right here. And so when we come, that's why let's take the mask off because we get it. Because see, these two you can fake. But over here, he's doing a deep work of saying, come on, I'm going to show you what's going on right here. What is the pain? What is the thing that you're hurting? What's going on? Who, who, who messed with you? Who is troubling you? Listen, God is your defender. When you are being bothered, God wants to know who is giving you trouble. Come on, tell me. Who, what lie are you believing? Who is lying to you about who you are and about my character for you? You know who got you to the table? I did. I'm the one that got you to the table. And so it's right here. And so Jesus in Luke 4, I love this. In verse 4, I love this. Listen to what Jesus says. So the enemy comes now and he says, hey, um, Jesus, uh, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. So can God... Make a table for you, Jesus, who has been fasting for 40 days, and you're physically hungry. And you are the testimony of God. 
Can you turn these stone into bread? Is God really with you? He didn't do it over here because the Bible says the spirit drove him into the wilderness. Mm. And some of us are facing challenges and we wonder, what did we do? You didn't do anything. You were just sitting at the table. Come on. Invited by God, by the way. And you were moving from one place, what's for dinner? And you got to this place where you heard testimony and you trust God and you're right here now. And you wonder, what in the world did I do coming to this table? And he wants you to know this. Tell the enemy it is written. Don't give me your opinion because I know you're hungry. Oh, my God. I feel that in my, I feel, I feel that right there. Don't tell him you're hungry. Of course he knows you're hungry. Because you'll blame me because I told you to fast. He'll play word games with you. Know the word of God. Know what I tell you. And so Jesus says, listen, devil, I'm having a great meal. It is written. Because the spirit drove me right here. Jesus released you into doing ministry. And so he goes and he goes on. And so, and so this here is about spiritual food. Okay, over on this side, we have what we call fast food. Now, I have to, I have to explain to you. Remember I said discernment. Someone said discernment. 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 It's good because when I say fast food, I'm not talking about the fast that Jesus wants us to do, which is turn over your plate. This is where you have to turn over your plate. But what I'm talking about now is what the culture has done is that we are so quick to eat that we want fast food. This is where, and again, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm not, please, please, don't understand me. I'm just simply saying, check it out for yourself. I just know that when I got saved, um, it was an all-day event. And slowly, we just cut down the time we spend at the table. And I wonder if there's any connection between what we're seeing with the generation and the fast food. Let that fast food McDonald's, please. Stay, stay with me. Remember, you're at the spiritual table. What I'm talking about is where the disciples said this in the fast food. This is what they said. They said, Jesus, send them away. They've been at the table too long. You've been teaching too long, Jesus. And I'll even throw in some logic. It's getting dark. Uh, if you read Matthew 15, where he talks about the feeding of the 4,000, not the 5,000, Jesus is something profound that reveals his character. Don't miss this. I want you to search this out for yourself. You've got to search this out for yourself to see the Savior of which you serve. This text that Jesus did was absolutely, it, it, it's a game changer. So in, in Matthew 15, when, when it's the feeding of the 7,000, when he's with the with the Gentiles, excuse me, feeding of the 4,000 with the Gentiles, with seven loaves in Matthew 15. Jesus says to them, if I send them away with what's for dinner, they will faint on the way. He said, I can't have my character be connected to catastrophe. Oh, God. He said, I can't do that. He says, in my humanity, I've got to feed them. And so here now in Matthew 14, uh, we're seeing it where they're talking about, Jesus. it's getting late. It's, it's, it's getting dark. If you, think, if you think I preach long, if you think preachers preach long, you don't want Paul to preach at you. He preached to where the guy fell asleep. Come on. And out the window, he went, bam. 
and died. I don't know if it was the light or it was how long Paul was preaching. But because of resurrection power, he went right down there. Says, young man, your future, your destiny is connected. And God will never be connected to catastrophe. Get up in Jesus' name. Got back up again. Right back in for the preaching. See, we have to understand this. That, that, that the fast that we're talking about is a fast. Ready for this? Is because, watch this now. We have so many plates spinning. We're trying to juggle everything. We're trying to juggle this. We're trying to do this. We have all the plates that are spinning, and they're going so fast. And you're trying to keep this one going. You ever see that? When this one's spinning, and this one's spinning, and that one, you're trying to do everything like that. And he's saying, no, 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 no. Don't send them away. Don't send them away. No. Don't send them away. Here's a quote. You see, when God speaks... He speaks reality into being. When we speak, we describe or defend our perception of reality. So when we speak, we're seeing how reality is. But when God speaks, he's actually revealing to us what's real. And he's saying what it is. You got too many plates spinning. He said, got to come to the table and don't have all those plates spinning. You got to get to this place of where you understand now that I'm right here and I'm going to slow things down. Because it's at this point now where Jesus turns to them and he says to them, you give them something to eat. So throughout this entire process, we'll see what's going on. And right over here, now he says, when we slow down, we're going to be able to realize what we have inside of us. Mm. Oh, good God Almighty. It's when we slow down, we'll have compassion for those who need to know somebody loves them. He says, don't send them away. This is your moment to continue to be a witness of the glory and the grace of God. If you're here right now and your head is spinning, perhaps it's because you've been focused on so many things that are moving in this culture. And it's there to try to distract you from doing what God wants us to do, which is to preach the kingdom message. And so he says, he says, slow down. Now over here, we're almost on the second. Over here, this is soul food. S-O-U-L. Soul food. So he dealt with the physical over here. He dealt with the spiritual over here. And now he's going to deal with the, he's going to deal with the soul right over here. Right here. So mentally in your mind right now, for those who are watching me right here and those who are watching online, where are you? Are you here? Because, because oh, my soul, hope thou in God. You, you made it over here, and this is where you are seated right now, and you're there, and it's on the table. It's available for you. I'm going to say it again. It's on the table. Therefore, it's available to me. If Jesus puts it on the table, it's available for me. Write that down. If it's on the table, it is available for me. That's why you're taking your table back. Because when you take your table back, you realize what God has put on the table. It's available for you. It's called soul food. And so he goes and he tells them, you feed them. You feed them. He says in Luke, you feed them. You feed them. And then all of a sudden... They brought up, but we have limited resources. I didn't ask you what your resources was. Stop coming back over here. You should know, can God prepare a table in the wilderness 
Oh, my church, this is so good because I spiritually see some of y'all moving right now. And you're right here with your soul. You're saying, preacher, I get the physical stuff. Yeah, and I understand the spiritual stuff. But where I'm hurting, where I'm being challenged is right here. That God really put it on the table for me? Am I really free to eat? My soul is wounded. Yes, spiritual, you can come and you can say all the language. And over here, you're seeing what's going on. But can I really, is it really on the table for me? Is it really my favorite meal? I remember when I did something really bad. And my mom knew I liked macaroni and cheese. That was my favorite when I was a kid. And, and uh, she said she was going to make it for lunch for me. And I'm coming home from school. And I'm singing this song, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, please, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, please, a Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, please, a Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. And I'm singing this. And I get there, and it's, it's not on the table. It's not even on the stove. And I started to pout. I started to kick. And I'm like, she forgot about me. She didn't make my favorite. And so the enemy can use your past experience of failure and lack and make you think that that's his character. But the devil is a liar. Listen to me, TGP. It's on the table. God has put it on the table for you to enjoy, for you to eat. It's soul food. It's soul food. And so he goes, and I love this part. I love this. In order to have what's on the table, i got to hurry. You must understand a couple of things. The first thing is this. This is the game changer. Someone says it's a game changer. Come on, you've been enduring this message. Don't quit now. This is the part I want you to get. Satan, you're a liar. Get out of here because this message is a game changer. We're coming to the table. We're taking the table back. We're turning off the television. We're getting to the table. Why? Because this nation's destiny is not connected to the television. It's connected to the table. Quote me on that. And so here's what he says. In order to enjoy for your soul, he says you first must be seated in Christ. Jesus tells them, sit down on the ground. You could have fed them standing because you need to sit down. You need to sit down in my word because the disciples said there's lack, but they don't know who is actually the table. It's not about the physical table. It's about um, you coming to me. It's on the table because I am the one who provides nourishment for your soul. Please be seated. And the enemy wants to take you out of your seat. He wants to take you out of your seat to see that your soul can be enriched in the presence of God. Please be seated. The second thing you have to understand that Jesus blessed the food. The food that you're about to take is blessed, not cursed. You are blessed. Someone say, I'm blessed. Come on, shout it. I'm blessed. I'm blessed beyond measure. I'm blessed. I'm seated in Christ, and therefore I'm blessed. Can't you see that I'm blessed? When people ask, how are you? You tell them, I'm seated in Christ, and I'm blessed. And my soul is delighted. And then he says, give God thanks. Someone say, we're getting there. Come on. Come on. So if you want your soul to be enriched, please be seated. Jesus has blessed the meal. And now you give thanks. Deuteronomy 8 verse 10 says, watch this now. You give thanks. Why? He says, 
when you have eaten your fill, Deuteronomy 8, verse 10, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. See, there's, diff- there's a difference between worship and praise. Worship is a lifestyle. Praise is an action. And so they're the praise team, not worship. They're the praise team. But worship is a fulfillment of a soul that knows its Savior. Oh, God. And here it is. I want you to go to my last scripture. Go to Mark chapter 6, verse 42. I can't, I can't, uh, I have to just end here. Because I really want to teach you on what's for dinner. Because we went full circle. And so this is soul food. This right here is teaching what's for dinner because that's what was originally was asked right over here. So I'm going to leave this. But here, I want you to go to Mark 6, verse 42. If we can get that on the screen, if that's possible to get Mark chapter 6, verse 42 on the screen, I want you to see how we're going to break this concept of prosperity. The devil has lied to you about prosperity. Have caused preachers to preach again the very thing that will satisfy your soul. Because they were afraid of the first setting right here when, when you asked what's for dinner. They were intimidated by your desire, did not know your design was by God. That back in Genesis, God says, let's give them the land, be fruitful and multiply. And what has happened is the enemy has stopped us right here. And we can't give testimonies about prosperity. We're not talking about prosperity and spiritual. We're stuck right here in the wonder of God, where are you? And the world is eating it up. Taking prosperity and buying time to propagate their nonsense. We're the only institution that fights against each other. We have made church so complicated that my soul is confused. And the enemy sit right here at the dinner table telling us there's no prosperity in Jesus. There's no prosperity in Jesus. Is that screen up there? Look what he says. They all ate as much oh come on look at this come on church good god almighty i gotta shake some of you all they all ate as much as they wanted the table never stopped the supply he says you want more come to me here it is you want more 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 here it is for the tears here it is for the pain here it is for the upset it's here god almighty We're the most prosperous people on the planet. The reason why God hasn't released his wrath is because you are here. That's why. She was ready to go to school. I said, God's paying every single penny off. Every single penny. I don't know how he's going to do it. But I know he's going to do it. And there's no dream that you're going to bring to me, and I'm going to talk you out of it. Not when we know it's from God. Eat as much as you want. The issue is we're so filled with the world's good, we have no space in our stomach for the things of God. We're feeding off of the world system fear. And here God wants to give you access to resources that will cause a crowd to stay put and to hear the kingdom message. Am I preaching to anybody now in Jesus' name? They all, they 
all, every single one of us, they all ate as much as they wanted. The table is set. The table is set. I wish I had time to speak about that because parents, um, when we teach what's for dinner, because that's what we started with, it'll rock your world. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. So before we ask the question, what's for dinner, I have to ask you this question. Where are you at the table? Where are you at the table? Where are you at the table? Father, we thank you so much for this word. Thank you so much for this word. I thank you that in the month of May, we're taking back the table. We're bringing our struggles, we're bringing our success, but we're bringing our soul to the table. And we are going to eat as much as we want. Are you hungry? Come to the table. Are you hungry? Is your soul in need of nourishment? Come to the table. Come to the table. Father, I pray that the prosperity that's found in you will be released into this house and into the body of Christ. I pray in Jesus' name that a spirit of generosity will flow in this house. That every ministry will prosper because of an apostolic anointing released in this house. You have called this church, this body, to the table. And in Jesus' name, we take our place at the table. We are seated in Jesus. We are people who are blessed. We give thanks for the blessing and we eat till our soul content. Because that's the God that you are. 